0: You are listening to REACHMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Medical lasers have made it possible to treat conditions which previously were most difficult to treat, and the patients benefit by improved results, less side effects, and decreased costs. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Peter Mensch, a urologist and founder of Delaware Urologic Associates, which specializes in treatment of urologic problems with the least invasive state of the art procedures we have been discussing the green light laser vaporization and truly it sounds phenomenal are there any downsides to the treatment
1: i did see the one case where there was scar that was one out of 300 there's not really much in the way of downside so actually that's opening it up to earlier and earlier surgical intervention if you've got a procedure that has minimal complications, practically none. The only one that the laser does have the 40% chance of retrograde ejaculation that improves over time. So other than that, boy, if you saw the complications that you could get from trimming with electricity, all of those are definitively improved and or eliminated just by using the green light laser. And as I was saying, since the procedure is, high reward and very low risk, that might change what we consider to be the normal treatment algorithm. Part of the reason that you saved surgical intervention with TURP for last and part of the popularity of the alpha blockers and PROSCAR and Evadart is the side effects that a patient could get from having their prostate trimmed with electricity. So bladder neck contractures, bleeding that occurs. The people don't have to get transfused from a terp, but basically they're at risk for bleeding and their recovery is slowed by their postoperative bleeding. You can't do it terp as an outpatient. And you have the impotence and retrograde ejaculation and just the limitation that you have to look at the size of the prostate and know when the prostate is too big for you to handle with a TURP, whereas with the laser, there's no consideration like that. Any any size prostate I can take on with the laser, and I know that I'll win. You really have to think twice about that with the TURP. There was a patient that I had seen over 15 years ago, really nice guy, 70 years old, had lots of medical problems and had a big prostate, had some symptoms, was on alpha blockers and wasn't getting better. But he was on Coumadin and had some cardiac risk and had a big prostate, and I didn't want to tackle that. So I put him on maximal medication. I put him on abidort to shrink his prostate. I put him on high doses of alpha blockers, and his prostate grew over 10 years. And he had a heart attack and was taken to the hospital and got stents put in and was in retention. So now he was 80 years old, a worse surgical candidate, bigger prostate, okay, and on blood thinners to keep his stents open. And I had to trim that patient. And I thought, you know, I'm not sure I did him a favor by not trimming him when he was 70. And I didn't trim him when he was 70 because at that time the only thing available was the terp, and were he 70 now, I would definitely do a laser. I I do lasers on 80-year-olds. I have about 10 patients who are about 85 years of age. That's how benign and easy to tolerate the procedure is. Those patients I don't do as outpatients basically because I don't want their eighty five year old wife to be burdened with the first twenty four hours of management. So I keep them in as a twenty three hour stay and and let them let them go home thereafter. But that's how good this
0: this procedure is. Well let's take this a step further. Let's say we have a patient who has significant symptoms of prosthetism. I mean why not just bypass the medical management, meaning with the alpha blockers, and go to the green light laser vaporization. Is is that a wrong thing to do? No,
1: it's not a wrong thing. So the thing is, is the guy, how young is the guy? And is the guy interested in having kids? Does he understand the possibility that he might have an ejaculation, 40% chance and 10% chance that the 40% will resolve per year? The other thing is, how big is that guy's prostate at what age? So if I see somebody that's young that has a big prostate and is starting to have symptoms, it's really reasonable to put him on alpha blockers. But it's also really reasonable to say to him, at some point you're going to progress. And when you do progress, think about having a laser vaporization. It's going to end your problem. I mean, if, if he's that big... At age 50, he'd have to live another 50 years to get another laser. So, it really, in some cases, is the wise thing to do. I am looking now not only for big prostates, but for velocity of growth. So, I see young guys that have large prostates, symptoms or no symptoms, and I start telling them about the laser and to keep aware that that kind of therapy exists. There were other patients that would come to me with an elevated PSA. So their primary care doctor did the routine PSA screening, and say a guy's PSA is 8 and normal is 4, and the guy has an ultrasound-guided biopsy, and when I do that, I found out that he has a 60-gram gland, okay? Okay. And I biopsy him, and he doesn't have cancer, and it ends up that his PSA elevation is the boy who cried wolf, and it's because he's got this big prostate. It's real simple if that guy's getting up one to two times a night. You can say to him, you know what? You're getting up at night, and here your big prostate dragged you into getting a prostate biopsy, and it's likely to keep doing it. Let's go and vaporize the prostate tissue, and you'll alleviate his voiding symptoms, and also his PSA will drop. If I vaporize out 80 grams of tissue in that 100-gram prostate we're talking about, that guy's PSA is going to be low normal next year. So the definition of symptomatology is even changing. Like, say the guy doesn't get up at night, but he's had three prostate biopsies and doesn't have Prostate cancer, if you do a prostate biopsy the right way, the ability of it to find prostate cancer is 96%. So there's 4% false negatives for an ultrasound-guided 12-core prostate biopsy. So if a guy has three biopsies, he gets one biopsy because he has a high PSA, his PSA goes up after that, and we go, oh, this might be something new. Let's do another biopsy that biopsy should get 96% of the 4% that the first biopsy missed. In other words, if you do three biopsies and you haven't found prostate cancer, there probably is not any there. It's very safe to say. And you could see if the guy's volume's high, if he's over 30 grams, say he's 60 grams. A 30-gram prostate would have a PSA of 4. A 60-gram could have a PSA of 8. If you vaporize that guy, it's going to alleviate any voiding symptoms and lower his PSA. So if you have this procedure, vaporization, that has hardly any side effects, and the guy is really getting put through the mill, through the grinder, by wanting to get PSAs, but every time he gets it, it's a new high, and he just gets the bejesus scared out of him. You know, you have these guys that that have PSA syndrome, they get anxious every year when they get their PSA drawn because they're either afraid of cancer or they're afraid that they're going to have to do a biopsy. My biopsies are innocuous. You know, I'm using Novocaine and I give the patient a little Valium and I don't believe in anybody being uncomfortable and I think you should just be thorough and get the answers. But once I see a guy and he's forming a pattern of false positive PSAs, Even if his prostate isn't big, I'll say to him, there's two things I do. First, I put him on Avidart, and and that will actually lower a guy's PSA. But if his PSA rises on Avidart, I'll suggest that he get his prostate vaporized, even if he doesn't have voiding symptoms, just because he's going to just have biopsy after biopsy after biopsy because everybody will be afraid of missing something.
0: Now, Dr. Munch let me ask you, about the procedure of green light laser vaporization. This is done as an outpatient, correct? Right. And you had mentioned before that it's done under general anesthesia, yes? Yep. And when the patient goes home, will they always go home with a catheter?
1: I do, unless unless it's a relatively small gland. The problem is I'm getting a reputation for being able to handle the biggest of the big. And you would not believe the size prostates that I am vaporizing. Extremely large, like 160 grams, 200 grams. I've had people come from Massachusetts, people that came from California because they saw the website and didn't want to have the conventional trimming. The thing is, when you're doing The laser vaporization, you are running water into the bladder to keep your visibility. And that will stretch the bladder. And say I made you do 50 push ups right now, tomorrow you wouldn't be able to move your arm. So when you stretch the bladder with the irrigation while you're doing the laser, people don't realize it, but they're actually pulling a muscle. And so just from that basis alone, not that you know, I didn't hollow out enough tissue, the guy may not go for the first 24 hours, and it's probably better to let him go home with a catheter and take the catheter out than to chance it and have him come back to the emergency room at midnight and just to get a catheter put in.
0: Are there any contraindications to the procedure?
1: The only one I could think of. Uh, it's not a contraindication, but it's just a preference on my part when someone's had brachytherapy. I won't, I won't use the laser because the laser light will ricochet back into the laser fiber and it'll pop like a flashbulb.
0: And what if someone is on anticoagulation?
1: Actually, the company says that technically you could laser them on anticoagulation. So I've had some experience with that, and it's doable, but I could do a better job quicker by taking them off anticoagulation.
0: I want to thank Dr. Peter Mensch, who has been our guest. We have been discussing benign prostatic hypertrophy and the green light laser vaporization technique. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com.